What up, everybody? I'm going to initiate a call to action for everyone to donate $1.99 so that you can access the back catalog of the podcast as well as to help your podcast grow. I'm trying to grow the podcast and I want to do that with you guys and make it better and brighter and bring you more information. So if you want to access the back catalog and help support me as an artist, I appreciate you. And please donate at anchor.fm underneath Lockdown Universe. Thanks so much and enjoy the show. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Lockdown Universe, home of the bizarre, peculiar, and unheard of stories of UFO, legend, and paranormal lore. Welcome back, welcome back. Happy to be back. Hopefully you guys are doing well and taking care of yourselves. Man, it's been too long. I apologize. I have been so busy at work and, you know, work pays the bills, so I gotta get work done. But man, I am happy to be back. I wanted to share an awesome story with you guys. And uh, I've got a bunch more in in the queue, believe me. So I will be bringing them to you. So today we've got an amazing story about a really bizarre alien encounter uh, that lasted 10 years with one man. Uh, <laughs> it is fascinating. So this story comes to us from uh, Richard, a Richard Doty interview on Gaia, and it includes a former Dugway military photographer named Raymond. Okay, so this former Dugway military photographer named Raymond was visited for 10 years by an alien that doesn't look anything like what we've ever heard before. So I'm going to get into that. So I'm going to cover what happened, who reported it, why, and what my theories are on it. Okay, so the story goes like this. Because Richard Doty was a uh, counterintelligence officer he would go out and interview individuals who had had, quote-unquote, alien encounters, alien experiences, alien abductions. So during his time, he went out and, and or was, I should say, he was approached by one man who was on his deathbed, and he stated that he wanted to share this with the world uh, and with the government as well. Um, and maybe he wanted to find some closure, you know, to his story, some affirmation, and maybe some further understanding about what really went down and why. So, according to this former Dugway, now we know Dugway, right? That's another secret base that, uh, you know, does a lot of top secret uh, aircraft uh, technology research there. So, this former Dugway military photographer named Raymond stated that he engaged with a creature for 10 years and the initial meeting behind this entire event, this decade-long event, was when he was out on his property. And his property was kind of like, if you've ever seen the show Outer Range, it's kind of like he had this like barbed wire fence that separated his property from maybe, I, I believe it was just like land, like government land, not anybody's owned land, just government land. So he had this barbed wire fence, imagine that, in the middle of nowhere, right? Just, just a ranch. And all of a sudden, he sees this bright light in the sky, and it starts getting closer to him. As it gets closer, he realizes it's, it looks like it's under intelligent control. As he realizes this, this craft seems to be getting bigger and bigger and closer and closer. As it gets closer and closer, he realizes this thing is not even a small craft. It's a humongous craft, the size of a large house or mansion. And it lands 
just outside his property past the barbed wire fence, okay? So I believe he, they stated it was at least at 100 or so feet away from the barbed wire fence. Gave them a little bit of space. It lands. It has, it has uh, four landing gear probes that hold the ship up when it lands. It's a huge white oval that has multiple decks to it. And he, they stayed. It kind of looked like a house, but just a little bit more oval, which is really interesting. Not like a house. You know, most houses aren't oval, but, you know, it looked like it had multiple levels like a house would, but that it was a more oval structure. So that's when three creatures walked out and they began to communicate with them. Two creatures were different than the last. So the first two, Raymond believes, were part of like a security team. They consisted of being about five feet tall, having helmets on with what appeared to be large goggle-shaped circles for where the eyes would be. Now, this helmet covered the face, so he couldn't see their face. But these goggle-like protrusions stretched out a couple inches from the, the helmet itself. I've never heard that before. It's very interesting to me. Now, this main creature is even more bizarre. Because the main creature stay, uh, is, is reported to be eight feet tall at least, if not nine, had a long drawn out cape like Masters of the Universe or like, you know, something like that. You know, some, some humongous long cape. And it had a humongous white long drawn out face. And the way they, they kind of like showed a picture of it on, on the episode, it kind of looked like Ghostface from the Scream movies. You know that mask that goes around and it's out and about for Halloween? Kind of like that. They stated that this creature had three fingers, no thumb, but one of the fingers was longer than the other ones. The, the entire creature was basically white with the exception of the fact that it basically had this huge costume on um, that had, you know, like the black long cape, the black uh, robe, and um, it looked like kind of like a long robe, basically. It was black. The, cre the creature didn't use telepathy, though. This is really interesting. The creature began communicating with a tube that translated his language into earth words. According to Raymond, though, he stated that they weren't cohesive sentences. They were unintelligible. It was English, but it was like what we call in the mental health world, word salad, basically. So you just have all these words. They're kind of jumbled up. They don't really make sense. Yes, they're English, but it, 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 it's not cohesive. It's not like noun, verb, you know, and, and action, you know, and, 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 and storyline. It's just a bunch of words thrown together. So... After that didn't work, they came back and spoke with him telepathically. Uh, this was on a, a subsequent trip, a subsequent visit. So this is really interesting because <clears throat> it almost seems like it was their first trip to Earth. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, because they would have known if they had ever visited Earth, they would have known that, that that tube wouldn't work. So they had to go back home. They had to work on, you know, making sure that they can communicate telepathically and, and utilize it. So they when they came back, these creatures showed Raymond star charts of where they stated they were from. And you want to know where they're from? You want to know where they stated they were from anyway? Not some far off galaxy light years away like Zeta Reticuli or Andromeda uh, or the Cassiopeian system. No. They were from Pluto. 
they stated that they were able to bend physics to travel. So they didn't have to wait light years to, to get anywhere. It didn't matter where in the world it was or not, whether it was interdimensional or not, they were able to bend physics to travel. He stated that they also had different technology that they showed to him. Um, he stated one of the pieces of technology they brought out was like a plate, looked like a large plate, or maybe like, you know, like a silver platter. And this plate showed him a hologram, which would show a movie or a story. Okay, now keep in mind, this is back in the 80s as well. Okay, this isn't like, you know, nowadays where we have phones and everything's digital. Everything was on VHS back in that day, okay? Uh, if you if, <laughs> Maybe some people don't even know what VHS is. Uh, but some of my older listeners will know. Um, so later on, after these visits continued, hundreds of visits actually happened. Raymond stated he was able to take a picture with all of the crew. He thought there was only three people. But over time, they began to trust him, began to rely on him, and, and were willing to uh, have all of their members come out of this ship. Now, keep in mind, the, the ship is massive. It was very massive. So it wasn't just enough space for three people. It was enough space for 15 crew members. Imagine having 15 people in your house. It would have to be a, still a decent-sized house for you to be able to move and to need 15 people in the ship to do different jobs. That ship would have to be much larger than just a big house. I mean, this thing must have been like big-time mansion or double mansion size. Um, so 15 crew members actually came out, took a picture with them. Um, the leader, again, right, we talked about was nine feet tall. And the smaller security team, quote-unquote security team guys, and the other crew members were about five feet tall and had those goggle-like protrusions. Now, what's interesting is he also stated towards the end of their encounters, he had blood samples taken, hair samples taken, and skin samples taken, but they didn't hurt him. And they did right at his ranch. I mean, talk about drive-up service, you know, at-home delivery, right? Um, he didn't say why or understand why they took it. He just assumed that they wanted it for, you know, understanding the species, just like we would if we were, you know, examining other species as well. Um, and he also stated at the very end of his interview with Richard. Now, Richard had been interviewing him multiple times. Um, the Air Force of Office of Special Investigations had come out. They had packaged up a bunch of samples from his, his property. Um, anything that he, he was willing to, to share, he, he shared it with him. But as an afterthought, Richard was already on his way out. And, uh, and he was like, and um what's his name um i'm sorry you know, let me pull it up raymond stated that um he was like oh yeah they did uh they did a little bit of uh examination on me and i wanted to be buried with this stuff uh because richard asked me he's like did they give you anything did they give you anything back in return for your blood or your skin or anything like that he said well they did give me these and they were like three to four figurines and Richard stated that they look like gods or goddesses that maybe these creatures, uh, you know, uh, worshipped. So he was willing, I was surprised, but Raymond was still willing to to depart with these things, give them to, to Richard, um, because Richard actually comes off as a pretty nice guy. I'm sure he could, you know, convince somebody to give it to him for the interest of, you know, 
security, but not just security, for prolonging and immortalizing Raymond's experience, right? Once Raymond dies, if he gets buried with it, it's buried. We're not going to have it. Um, so he gave it. And so Richard sent it off to the DIA. And he kept calling for analysis reports on these gods and goddesses to see if there was any information, anything strange about them. He stated that they felt like clay, but they were pretty heavy. So maybe they, there was something else inside of them and he didn't want to like break them open or anything. So they, he gave them over to have, you know, maybe like a, what do they call it? A spectrometer where it can evaluate all the elements inside of it. Um, but he kept calling, kept calling, kept calling the DIA and saying, Hey, any, any update? And they'd say, they always say, hey, we'll get back to you. We'll get back to you. He could never get any more information on these figurines. One of the best parts of the story is, was that Raymond was able to capture video of not only the aliens, but also inside the craft. They let him work inside the craft and take video inside the craft. I mean, talk about the coolest aliens on on the planet, <laughs> in the solar system. Um, because... Uh, Richard stated that in the videos, which they also confiscated, but, the, but, you know, again, Raymond wanted them confiscated. He wanted this information out there. Um, so he stated that, you know, gave this information to them. And when they looked inside the craft in the, on the video, all they saw was a large screen and these hand plates that were strategically positioned throughout the craft. So they didn't have like toggles or switches like our aircraft did. All they did was put their hand down and through the hand plates, they were able to control the aircraft and, and tell it where to go. It's interesting to me because when you think about here, what we know about energy transference and Reiki and information and energy, you know, when it comes to technology, if you touch it, it can, it can sometimes read your mind, right? Like we have, we have that already. We already have mind reading capability with um, with handicapped individuals that uh, we've done research with uh, where we've been able to put a device on top of the head and they've been able to, even though they're not able to speak, um, they're able to manipulate the the items on the screen just through thought processes. So imagine if you just put your hand on this and you can transfer your thought right to the ship. You don't need a bunch of controls to switch it on. You can just tell it right through your thought process. It's pretty interesting. I'm kind of surprised that they haven't come up with a device that's like a Bluetooth for their brain to just tell it where to go instead of having to touch these items. But it seems like there's a lot of tactile devices and aircraft UFOs out there because even David Adair had, uh, in his experience with one of the engines in the basement of area 51 when he touched it it turned blue and it turned red when he was upset but it turned blue when he was cold well, when he was cold when he was calm so a lot of these air aircraft that we're obtaining through these crashes or these engines whatever the technology seems to be able to communicate with us through touch versus telepathy interesting to me one of the things that's interesting is Raymond asked them about uh, the aliens, about their ship, and asked them, do you guys have a bathroom in here? And one of the fascinating things is these creatures didn't know what bathroom meant. Does that mean they don't go to the bathroom? Are they genetically engineered not to go to the bathroom? In the last episode, I think I talked about um, 
that the species, um, the tarantaloids, that create their own energy source. So if they can create their own energy source, then there's probably a species out there that can efficiently utilize food and not have to use the bathroom, not have to waste. And some people here would say, that's impossible. How, how could you say that? Well, how could we say that the tarantaloids could create food out of their bodies? It's just information that we don't know yet. <laughs> we don't even know about what's in our oceans. So how can we say we know what creatures are like on other sides of the solar system, galaxy, universe, and so on and so forth. But I hope you enjoy this podcast. There's lots more to this story. I might do a part two to it, but I just wanted to share it with you because I haven't been able to do a lot of podcasts and I wanted to get one out for you guys to chew on and and think about. But imagine if you were this were Raymond and you had 10 years of experience with these creatures coming. Here's some theories and thoughts. Would you ever, after 10, 10 years, at any point, at some point, would you ever say, eh, I want to like share this with somebody. I got all these videos. I got all this information. What should I do? Should I share it with the government? Should I share it with family? Should I never tell the government? Um, I'm, I'm starting to die. You know, I know I'm not, I don't have much, much longer left. Um, what should I do? And that question, you know, can only be answered by you. But I think after 10 years, you know, there's so much so many things that you could do with these encounters, right? You could videotape them. You could maybe ask to bring a friend along. You could maybe um, share the video with a, with a friend. Um, but after 10 years and maybe you're starting to, to, to know that it's the end, you might want to share with someone. And that might be the government. And you know that there's nothing really they're going to do to you because you're already on your way out. And... Uh, Maybe he just wanted some validation for his stories. I hope he's doing well, and I appreciate his sacrifice and, and his communication and giving us this, this information. It's fascinating inf information. It's about a species I've never heard of before. So um, that's what I love learning about. Different species with different, different, you know, attributes, characteristics, interests, willingness to share information. There's not a lot species that are going to come and visit you and not not put the veil of of unconsciousness on you they're gonna they're gonna you know black out your memory these guys did not they, they were from pluto pluto so are they plutonians <laughs> i like that name anyway i hope you guys are doing well taking care of yourselves staying healthy Taking care of your physical, spiritual health, emotional health, following through on your hobbies and your goals and your dreams, and as always, continue to question the universe around you. I'm going to bring you more podcasts. Believe me, i got a got a long length of stuff in the queue. So take care of yourselves, and Lockdown Universe out.